Welcome to The Periscope, the show where we take a closer look at crowdfunding projects. Join us as we talk with guests about why you should back their future board games today. Here your host. Voyagers and gamers of old, welcome to The Periscope, the show where we take a closer look at crowdfunding projects. Today we have Matthew Ryan from Envyborn Games, who has a campaign going on right now that has three games, actually, and we're going to hopefully talk about all of them and give you a good perspective on everything that's happening. So, Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for the uh, introduction there. (laughs) Absolutely. So I was able to actually meet you at... Uh, Origins, you were kind enough to look at one of my games for a little bit, but then I was able to actually look at your booth after all was said and done and see your tiny game series that's coming out. And Sirens was the one that immediately captured me, but they all looked extremely fascinating. And I was able to reach out afterwards and say, Hey, do you want to be on this show? And you were kind enough to say yes, so we can talk about what's coming up. So, can you uh, talk about, before we get into like the uh, tiny game series, can you talk about who you are and what Emmy Board Game is? Yeah, sure, of course. So, Envy Board Games is my publishing company. I'm an indie publishing uh, studio, and um, I have worked for other publishers in the past where I got a, you know some experience in the industry. Envy Board Games is it's my focus now, and I'm just like I'm going to work for myself and do my own thing. So it's basically how I got in the board game industry back in 2016. I started making like a party themed game called Don't Get Drunk. <laughs> Didn't actually launch it until 2018 where it funded and it's still selling on Amazon today. I think I'm on my fifth print run and uh, they've been different sizes. Like my first print run was 1500. One print one was 5,000. Another was like 3,500. So there's like a bunch of different numbers there, but it sells pretty well on Amazon. Um, and that's what got me into the board game industry. But when I was, I remember when I was first doing that, it's pretty, it was like really taboo at the time. Like people were like very dis like, encouraging me not to do it and like you know like oh a drinking game who cares you know so it's a really weird vibe in the beginning for me and then um i started to get more into like hobby style gaming i worked for a different publisher for a while and things fell apart there but got a bunch of experience but um i was like you know what i'm gonna go back to envy born games which was the company i started to do don't get drunk and start to focus more on hobby style games for lack of a better word so our first campaign was last year in 2022 called Mind Your Business, successfully funded, successfully filled it just before Origins. And now we're working on getting that listed on Amazon and uh, to distribution channels and retailers and stuff like that. And now we're moving into a tiny game series, which the idea behind that is to do a series. <laughs> I was overly ambitious and I was going to do a series every year. I think that's more likely going to be every 18 to 24 months now, just because I do have a lot of larger projects in the works in the background as well, but those take several years to develop. So that's kind of the idea behind the tiny game series as well. Like be putting out games in between these larger games, staying active in the community. And then the last thing I'd like to just touch on is I try and help people in that are becoming indie publishers or self publishers themselves with giving advice from my experiences. So I have recently started like a how to sell on Amazon series with my friend Becky. Uh, She also is an indie publisher, Rainbow Bunny Games, I think is her company's name. And uh, we're actually filming something after this, uh, (laughs) some more helpful tutorials for people. But that one specifically is for how to sell on Amazon in the board game niche. 
but I also have guides on how to self-fulfill and things like that. So I'm very much trying to give back to community and help people avoid mistakes, pricey mistakes that I've made in the past on my end. So that's a little bit about me and Envy uh, Board Games. I went a little overboard there. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. I like the the model of the tiny games. I'm, I'm a big tiny game advocate, and I actually have watched your uh, your fulfillment videos because I've been oh, throwing around the idea of maybe you. starting a publisher before. And you know, the most intimidating thing to me is shipping, logistics, and freight. Obviously, which is a huge thing, but I really liked how you broke oh, yeah. things down. We had a video to actually watch. So I appreciate what you're doing to all the, all the guys who are thinking about starting this. So keep it up. I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, and there's other people that do it as well. Right. So it's yeah. like, I think a lot of people in this community in general is very giving with their information and experiences. And I'm just trying to contribute to that as well. Yeah. I, th- I think it comes from a large part that I think gamers want more gamers running businesses as opposed to maybe people who aren't as in the games, like running starting publishers for like the money and stuff but you know that's that's a theory and a talk for another time so right <laughs> awesome well, well let's get to what we're we're here to talk about which is your upcoming campaign for the tiny game series so are you ready to, ready for my questions yeah let's uh no no fastballs please <laughs> or hardballs <laughs> what's the term i don't know <laughs> uh, curveballs maybe yeah so yeah there you go <laughs> So the first question, you kind of answered partly of it, how, how you want to release a big game than the tiny game series. But I want to go a little deeper into that. What inspired you to create this this tiny game series? Well, why specifically tiny games? Um, tiny games just because, and this is something I kind of tell first-time publishers as well, and obviously there's standout cases that doesn't affect them. But like with my first game, I made some very costly mistakes, specifically with shipping and miscalculations of some of the stuff and had to come out of pocket a lot of money to correct those errors because I felt like that was my responsibility. Um, but I feel like if you're working with a tiny game and you make a mistake, that barrier of error isn't going to be as severe as, uh, you know, with a large game, you know, so uh, that's part of the reason. And, and because I'm doing this now as my indie company on my own MV Born Games now, I wanted to show that I could put out quality titles that are good and build some rapport within the board game industry as well, and not just launch this large project where people are like, well, what's this company? I've never heard of it. So that was part of it too, just to build a rapport with the community, show what MV Born Games can do. Also, the idea behind it was work with, I, I don't really design myself anymore. I might dabble here and there. I mostly do development work on a lot of these games that I end up publishing. But another idea was getting to work with multiple designers because there's three games in every series. And then it was like three different illustrators and three different graphic designers as well. So I could build my network of people that I can work with within the industry. Um, so for the Tiny Game 2 series as well, uh, again, the idea was having product to be able to work on and talk about and stay relevant in the industry as I'm working on larger games in the background. Um, Again, building rapport with the community. And then also hopefully uh, what I'd like to try and do, this was like a big test run, you know, to see if it's well received. I'm hoping it does. We're doing pretty well with our follower count right now, but we'll see once it's live. But uh, the idea is to maybe help people that don't have published designs yet get into it with a tiny game. So or maybe they only have one design or something like that. And then hopefully maybe even get one designer in the series that has a little bit more clout in the industry so they could bring a little notor- notoriety to the, the project as well and some more eyes on it and help with exposure. So, you know, just uh, a bunch of reasons, I guess, really. <laughs> um, but those are a few of them. Like. <laughs> awesome. So, so this time you have, you have three games, which are Sirens, 
Defrag, and 16 Candies. Can you give like a brief overview of what each of these games are about? Yeah, so Sirens is a one to two player Greek mythology themed game. Uh, all the games in the series have a pretty quick play time to them, and obviously they're all travel size. But in Sirens, you're going to be drafting cards. You're taking on the role of a siren, and you're, you're drafting cards to form a song. And the songs and cards are going to score differently how you place them together. And there's also something called a universal rule that changes up why you're drafting cards every t- every round. So it keeps the game fresh and unique versus the same old thing. But when you're done, you're, you're building your song through drafting cards. Uh, you'll score it. Whoever has the highest scoring song is going to get a sailor to their side. First player to get two sailors wins. The thing that's very unique about Sirens is when you take the... When you're done with your song, you could take the three cards that are on the rightmost side and put them under the three cards on the leftmost side of your song and take a picture with an app I have in development, and then it plays the song back to you that created. So we actually hired a composer to make music for this game, and we've actually worked with uh, other people to get like these sounds and uh, for the music in the game. So that's the like unique thing about Sirens. Defrag is very much, it it's plays one to two. I personally think it really shines as solo. Um, and the unique things about it is it has a, a really nostalgic Windows 95 look to the art style. The, the box itself is an actual floppy disk, which, you know, <laughs> is really cool. I get people that either know what a floppy disk is or younger people who are like, you made a you made a game about the save icon and i'm like oh, oh no, that's, hurts. that's not that what hurts. this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i get to explain them what a, a floppy disk is and what defragging is so that's fun but it's a spatial awareness puzzly game where in the base game you're trying to beat your your high score you know every time you play but the thing that we have that makes it kind of unique and stand out of well is we have what's called a scenario manual where once you know the base game and how to play it, we have a manual that has 40 different scenarios that progressively get difficult, more difficult or different challenges in them to work your way through. So it's like gives a unique experience for you to play through instead of just trying to beat your high score. And then the last one is 16 Candies, which is a light set collection, family friendly game. And the idea of it was to create a fun experience for kids to get to play, like maybe get them involved in the board game industry or excited to play games with their parents or family members or whoever it might be. Um, But the thing about 16 Candies is when you're playing the game, you have a health pool of 16, but that health pool is supposed to be actual candy. So when you have to lose health in the game, you get to eat candy. And that's where, like, I'm hoping (laughs) the fun aspect would come in for kids where, like, oh, I get to eat candy and play games and then. In this sense, too, you don't feel so bad when you're getting a nice, sweet treat when you're losing a game, you know? Awesome. Well, great. They all sound interesting. All sound like there's something there for everybody. So what approach did you take in selecting these games to be your first in the line? Well, it really – part of the reason it came along, too, is a friend, like, presented me with Sirens. And I was like, this is a really cool thing. I love, like, what we could do with this. And then that's kind of how – you know, I started to think about the tiny game series too. And I was like, well, doing a Kickstarter campaign with a tiny game is going to have, it's, it's tough when the MSRP of a game is low to have an impactful Kickstarter or to really get a lot of people involved. So I was like, if we can add two more tiny games, kind of like, you know, what all plays doing with their games yeah, where they have several games launching at the same time was kind of the thought pattern or uh, thought process behind that. 
And, uh, and then from there, I just asked for a few other designers I knew personally for submissions or if they had any tiny games or stuff like that. And a few did or a few recommended other people to reach out to. And I did. And then, um, as you know, I'm like actively looking for more tiny games, but I, I really, it, so I'm like, people ask me, so yes, I'm accepting submissions, but it's like, uh, I was like, let me make sure I get this taken care of and handled and, and I can make sure this is successful before I make all these promises and sign a bunch of games with other people where I'm like, you know what, it didn't do well, you know, so, you know, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Fingers crossed, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the process of me finding people this time around was very much like just within my own network of asking people and stuff like that. And then hopefully I can open it up and be like, you know, maybe post campaign where it's successful, like, Hey, I I'm looking for tiny games, design or submit your games kind of thing. Well, great. Well, who are each of these games for? Uh, so 16 candies is definitely a young, younger demographic. You know, I was trying to make a family friendly game, like kind of in that kid, uh, genre. So, uh, that's definitely for younger. You can play it obviously with older people or change what you're eating or maybe drinking or something like that. So yeah. it still can be fun for you. Um, I would say that defrag is very much the intention was to hit a nostalgic feel there. Um, again, as I said, I think it shines at solo. So I liked it for the solo community quite a bit. Obviously we have uh, two player options as well. So it can open it up a bit more to, bigger demographic of gamers and then sirens is a one to two player game as well and uh both modes are great i prefer the two player mode uh and this one's just more of just trying to hit like people that enjoy music and board games and greek mythology all in one and um even if people don't like greek mythology they love the musical aspect of it or if they don't care about the music aspect or even that the mechanisms in the game they love that it's the greek you know the greek art style that's in the game um, so we were trying to hit different demographics of people with each game and groups to do like a combined larger reach, I guess. I know, yeah. you know, that might, that was the strategy here. I know a lot of times other people are like, don't, when you're figuring out your demographic or your target audience, don't say my game's for everyone, you yeah. know, narrow <laughs> it down. But each game kind of hits a different demographic. So the series each game specific, I guess, to demographic, but the series as a whole has a wider net to try and, reach more people that would be interested in maybe if just one, but maybe they're interested in two of them and then just want all three or something like that. I really think you did nail the look of each of the games to kind of attract a different audience. Like art on sirens looks great. The defrag is definitely, you, don't, you I definitely feel I know what kind of weight and gaming into just by the look of them. So I think you did a really good job with that aspect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They all have a different weight level to them as well, as you were saying, like, difficulty wise so awesome so what are you going to do to ensure backers have a good experience with this campaign obviously i've done these quite a few times so i'll do all the best practices and stuff like that i've done my due diligences as shipping cost i'm working with international fulfillment hubs now to get cheaper shipping for um international backers which was something i really worked on with this campaign as well because prior campaigns again indie publisher it's hard for me to get affordable shipping rates to include international gamers. And that's one of the things I've been trying to focus on growing for my brand. Um, but another thing is obviously doing my due diligences, um, offering attractive pricing on the products and also some 
fun exclusives or incentives as why you should back and support the Kickstarter campaign. I know there's definitely some people out there that are say never do exclusives and stuff like that, or um, don't do extras. But if you know what you're doing and you package it correctly, or it's a side package and you account for, Hey, this is an extra pick when I'm doing fulfillment. So I need to account for an extra 40 cents or whatever it might be, you know, you can still do it. Um, So I have a bunch of cool things that if you're backing during the Kickstarter, you'll get just because you're backing during the Kickstarter because there's a lot of times where people are like, oh, I'll wait for retail. It's like, well, I'm I'm in about four retail stores. So if you wait for retail, <laughs> you may never get this. So back now. And then again, when people, when it, a campaign's more successful, that incentivizes retailers to want to carry it because they see that there's a demand there as well. And uh, the last thing I'm going to do, I'm actually been thinking about this for a little bit. I don't know if I will do it or not, but I kind of want to make a message just kind of talking to the camera about like, hey, this is who I am. This is my brand. This is my experience. I know that people have been burnt on Kickstarters recently after the fallout of, you know, the shutdowns and some bad faith publishers. So it's really hurting kind of people's faith on Kickstarter. But I'm hoping my experience with previous projects and just, you know, telling, talking to the camera, explaining what I'm going to do and, you know, how I'm going to do it would give people a level of comfort where they feel comfortable, you know, backing a game before it's available and also putting their trust within me and my brand. Awesome. I think that's great steps to take, especially since, you know, lots of companies have promised games and gone under. So I'm really good sign that I think you're doing that. I think that's very commendable. Yeah. And it's not to knock any other companies or anything like that. It's just like, I know that this has happened. I can see actively in Facebook groups and different forums that people are losing trust within the Kickstarter or crowdfunding platforms in general because of it. And, uh, you know, there's just different hardships that all these other publishers face or whatever the case might be. And I just want to give a message of assurance that, like, that's not going to be the case here because this is my experience on previous campaigns. Everything's fulfilled. I know what I'm doing. These are my partners. As transparent as I can about what they can expect and, you know, what I've done in the past kind of. Awesome. Okay, to wrap this whole thing up, what is the one thing you are looking forward to the most in this campaign? forward to the most i I mean i love everything in the campaign (laughs) um honestly i don't know if it's necessarily like that during the campaign or whatever i I, i'm really excited to see how people respond to the app and sirens because uh, when i have showed it to people they kind of i see like a light bulb like light up uh (laughs) when i'm telling them about it at conventions and then i show it to them and they're like this is awesome so i know that's gonna have be pretty impactful and a cool thing to see But for me, one of the things that I didn't realize was like super cool about being a publisher is just people I don't know posting comments online about a game that I published where they're like, my friends played this for the night and we had such a blast and it was gave us it's like, it's really weird. It's a really, I guess, weird, but very cool feeling to be like, I impacted, you know, the life for an hour of these people I don't know in a different state or country. And they had a good time because of something I made brought them joy. Like that's a really powerful thing to get to experience. So that's the thing I always look forward to most when I see comments where people like, like stuff like that. I'm like, Oh man, it's, I don't know. It's a really cool feeling. Yeah. I'm hoping to have that feeling one day. We'll see. (laughs) Just stick at it. Yeah. That's the hard part. Sticking at it. Well, I want to. I don't. I want to keep you too much longer, Matthew. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So, besides supporting your campaign, which will be up by the time this episode release, what is something? What can our listeners do to help support and be more to support yourself? 
I think uh, probably the best way, obviously, besides just backing the Kickstarter, and please only back it if you're interested in the games, <laughs> you know, um, is just maybe joining the Facebook community, or if you like one of our games, posting about it in other groups, or if you're a content creator, make a video about it, or even reach out to me about getting a, a demo copy, maybe. I, I do have some reserved for content creators or others that I can like have shipped to someone else kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think people don't realize just posting about uh, publishers' games or following a Kickstarter, they're really impactful, even though they seem like small things like that, or joining other social media channels. They really are impactful, or leaving a comment, anything like that. <laughs> nice. Is Envy Born going to be at any upcoming conventions? Yes. So uh, I have a few coming up. And I was actually looking at a list of what I'm going to start going to for next year because I love <laughs> conventions and I think it's a great way to get your brand out there and start to market it. But the upcoming ones I have, I'll be at World Series of Board Gaming in Las Vegas. Nice. It's the second year they're doing that one. Uh, it was a really fun event last year, so I'm going back. I have BGG Con in November, which I actually just selected my booth for uh, like an hour before this call. Awesome. So that was cool. I like my location too. And then... The last one I'll be at is Pachu in Philly in early December, and this is my first year vending there, so I'm really excited, and I've applied like four years prior and always got denied, so <laughs> I'm really excited to get to do it this year, so those are the conventions you can find me at. Awesome. We always like to go around and interview people, give like a brief blurb at these conventions, and I'll be at PAX, so I'll, I'll have to try to make a point to stop oh. by and you know support your booth for a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, Matthew, thank you so much. Best of luck to you on your Kickstarter. Voyagers, if anything sounds interesting, I encourage you to check out the Kickstarter. I know I'll probably be backing either at least two of these projects myself. So <laughs> I need to do more research, but I'm excited for this campaign. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Matthew, again. And Voyagers, for having me. absolutely. This has been the Periscope. <laughs>